Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Roughness. You got to score points to win. You can't win without scoring points. Touchdown Raiders! He went right through the line and gives Vegas a touchdown to extend the lead. Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here's your boy Q. We just watched Megan the Stallion throw out the first pitch at the Astros game. The Astros, the defending World Series champs from a year ago. That's so H-Town. That is so Houston to have a Houston rapper <laughs> throw out the first pitch to start a season off. But there you go. That's how they do it in Houston. Megan the Stallion was on uh, was on the pitcher's mound to a certain extent, right? She was on the mound, Damon. Then she was like, nope, not going to make that throw. All right, let me step up a few. Nope, not going to make that throw. Let me step up a little bit. Then she got the ball to the plate. So there you go. Megan the Stallion, uh, she did her thing right there. Perfect. Everything about it. Perfect. <laughs> okay. Perfect throw. I mean, man. Was it? Couldn't have. Man, I don't know what she could have done better. <laughs> okay. Sounds good. Raider Loke is up on Twitter talking about Anthony Richardson. I wouldn't mind AR-15 rocking the silver and black. If they do draft him, they should have packages for him similar to what the Niners did with Cap before he became a starter. We shall see where the NFL draft leads us, though. But Raider Loke is all aboard with Anthony Richardson. Sounding like the same conversation uh, that you are having, DeMond, where you're all aboard with uh, Anthony Richardson. Also, uh, got a text from Big Dub Raider. Man, cue to your cam cam convo. So many people said after the cam loss in the Super Bowl, cam's going to be back. No dogging him, but he hasn't been back. Go Raiders. And that, that was me. I'll tell you, thank you, Big Dub Raider, for that text. That was me. I, again, like I said, when he had that MVP season and he went to the Super Bowl, I thought Cam was taking off. I thought he was going to be the next big thing, and I thought he had an opportunity to really kind of change the narrative in the league for a long time. I really, I thought he was going to be that guy, right? There were so many things, because I thought Cam couldn't do anything wrong. I mean, he was a hell of a player, had a million-dollar smile. He was uh, good in the community, gave back to the kids. I mean, everything Cam did was great, and it just fell off quick. Right after the Super Bowl, it just fell off. And that's unfortunate for him. But, man, he was fun. He was fun while it lasted. It just didn't last a whole long time. Uh, also, got a text from Banker J from the IE. Sounds like Richardson could be here for a good time, but not a long time. LOL. I'd prefer both, if possible, whoever that may be. Uh, Rob in Oakland hit us up, but it looks like I only got part of the text. It says, affected. Yeah, I don't know. So, Rob, hit us back. Only part of that text came through. But let's go out to the phone lines at 702-365-9200. Who do you say we had up, Damon? Dark Side Don. Dark Side, welcome to the show. What's on your mind? Hey, what's going on, y'all? Damon, I, 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 I feel you, brother. Perfect. She did everything right. <laughs> right on. <laughs> everything. All right, so you saw it, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Everything right. Um, but, hey, look, I'm, I'm with you, Q, um, as far as go through the draft. I've always been saying that go through the draft, and it starts with AR. Trade up to number three and go get the boy. That's how I feel, um, especially after the pro day today. Um, I was already on board with saying, go get him. After hearing people talk about what's in between the ears, other than just the athletic ability, after hearing people say that he's, he's really hungry to learn and he's really hungry to get better, and, and, and the teammate he is and the leader that he is, especially from the call, I mean, the, the guest that you had on earlier, mm-hmm. uh, 24-7. That, that, that's, how many times have we said we need, we need somebody like that? Yeah. We need somebody like that. But then when we have the opportunity to get somebody like that, we scared? That, that's where, that's where I, I, I want to, I wanna, you know, get away from that, man. We, 
yeah, there's there's a lot of defensive talent in this in the, in this draft. There's a lot of playmakers on, on on the defensive side of the ball in this draft. We we understand that. We got that. But we have never had well, uh, not say never. I honestly, in my lifetime, never had the opportunity to get somebody that can be the game changer at the quarterback position like this dude. And and nobody knew that Patrick Mahomes was going to be Patrick Mahomes when when the, when Kansas City went up and drafted him and, and moved up and drafted him. People were laughing at Andy Reid, as a matter of fact. Or you going to get rid of uh, uh, Alex Smith and let this dude uh, uh, start? You haven't seen what he's capable of doing. He got two Super Bowl rings out of it. I'm not saying that this is what can happen with him, but we have to make that. We have to give it a try. We have to try to make that shot. That's where I'm at with it. I like it. I like it. Good stuff, man. Thanks for the call. I do appreciate you. I'll tell you, I, I, I'll, cl- I'll claim Patrick Mahomes. I had a really good idea what Patrick Mahomes was going to do. I literally was standing in Philadelphia when the Chiefs traded up from 24 to 10 to get him, and I was standing right next to Mike Gill, who's been on this show many times. We'll always tell this story. It's hilarious, man. As soon as the Chiefs traded up, I looked at Mike and said, damn it, they're going to go get Patrick Mahomes. And he said, no, they don't need a quarterback. They got Alex Smith. I said, no, Mike, they're going to go get Patrick Mahomes. He's a stud. Oh, no, he didn't win that much at Texas Tech. Mike, Patrick Mahomes is a stud. The dude can sling the ball all over the yard. He's incredible. He can run. I mean, he is that guy. You tie him up with Andy Reid, and I guarantee things are going to go good. I didn't think he was going to be that's good, but I knew he was going to be good just from what I was able to see, and that's only because I covered the Big 12. So I, I had that, that put-my-head-down moment. I actually had my head down twice during the draft that year. One... No, they didn't trade up from 24 because the Raiders picked at 24. Wherever the Chiefs were at, they traded up to, to number 10 to go get them. The Raiders were at 24. That's when I put my head down again because that's when the Raiders drafted Gary on Conley. And that was, I was miserable. As soon as, it's, and it's funny, before they even made the pick, I had a buddy, uh, Paul Catalina, that you met actually, he texted me and said, well, I guess the Raiders don't care about Gary on Conley and uh, his off the field issues because remember at that time, he was being uh, falsely accused of uh, potential rape, and uh, that, again, was came out to be false, and he was very confident in that. Clearly, the Raiders were confident in that as well, but his stock was dropping in a major way, and all I could think of is they don't need to take him at 24. They don't need, I mean, if you're going to take him, fine, but you don't have to take him at 24, and as soon as my buddy texted me with that and said, oh, yeah, they're about to take Aaron Conley, my head dropped again. So it was twice in that draft <laughs> that my head was dro- went down. When the Chiefs traded up to get Patrick, and then when the Raiders decided to make the move for Gary on Conley. But we want to hear from you, Raider Nation, 702-365-9200. Uh, we t- attempted to connect with Steve Cofield and Coach Joe es- Esposito from, uh, in Houston at, their, at the spot for the Final Four, but we were unsuccessful. Thought Steve was going to be able to get away for a few minutes, but uh, he wasn't able to, and that's okay. But uh, he's there in Houston, so I wanted to kind of showcase what was going on at the Final Four. We can catch up with him at some other point or catch up with someone else maybe on Monday uh, before the championship game. Uh, Robin Oakland hit us up on the don'tbebroke.com text line. I hope uh, Dave Ziegler and his system will quickly turn around our history of poor draft picks. What I really want to see is the improvement in the organization's ability to develop young players once they enter the organization. I'm of the opinion that our team has negatively affected the careers of many young draft picks by not training them properly after they enter the facility. I'd also like to see improvement in pro personnel scouting and free agent outcomes. I don't expect a 100% hit rate, but I think there's room for improvement. That's Rob in Oakland. I think that that's a good point. I really do. And a lot of times when these draft picks don't pan out, I think a lot of it has to do with the organization that they go to. You know, it's not, it's not necessarily that that's just a bad player. It's just that they get put into a bad situation, especially some of these top picks. You know they're... They're going to teams that aren't very good, right? And if they can't figure it out, they can't develop uh, players, then that can, that can hurt their career. And when you start your career off bad, it's, it's really hard to turn it around. 
So a lot of times they have to they have to find a good landing spot. Like that's why it worked out really well for Patrick Mahomes. He went to a spot that was already in good shape, right? And so all he had to do was sit behind Alex Smith for a year. Uh, he finally got in at the tail end of the first uh, first you know year of his career, play a little bit, but then he was on, in a good position. And then he was able to flourish, but he wasn't a guy that was expected to save the franchise when they drafted him. So that also helps in the development. So I think that Rob brings up a great point, and that is something to improve. Like if you go, especially in this conversation we're having with Anthony Richardson, if you're going to go get an Anthony Richardson, you have to develop him. He's not polished. He's not the guy that's going to walk in day one and lead you to the promised land. He's just not. I mean, you heard him. He said it himself. I got room to grow. I got to grow. But what I love to hear from him is the fact that he's hungry. I mean, that's, to me, again, I say this all the time, but I mean it wholeheartedly. To me, a guy that's willing to learn, listen to criticism, listen to coaching, uh, you know, something that Graham pointed out when he joined us in the second hour when he talked about him was you could teach him something and he'll take that, that coaching tip and he'll learn it the first time. It won't take four or five times to figure it out. He'll do it right away. I love it when guys are eager to learn. I mean, really, that you don't have to be, and I say it all the time, you don't have to be the most talented cat in the room, but you've got to be the dude willing to work the hardest. If you're willing to do that, you're okay by me. I'm fine. And that doesn't mean that, you know, just because you work hard means that you're going to put together a, a team of, of guys that are going to all of a sudden take you to the Super Bowl and win. But Max Crosby was a fourth-round pick. He wasn't expected to be a superstar. But you know who, who expected him to be a superstar? He did. <laughs> right? He did. The guy broke his hand in our damn preseason game, instead of sitting out and just hoping that he makes a team, he was like, no, go wrap that thing up so I can get back in the game. And got back into a preseason game. That should have told you all you need to know about Max Crosby. And what does he do? Works, 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 and tries to improve in every aspect of the, of the, the team. One of Max Crosby's areas of weakness was stopping the run. You know what he did last year really well? He stopped the run, right? There was a lot of things he did better last year than he had done in his previous years because he doesn't stop working. That's the kind of guy that I want. Josh Jacobs, another perfect example, had never played a full season. And I know that not picking up his fifth-year option had something to do with it, him playing a full season, but he just turned around and led the whole league in, in rushing and made Zamir White sit on the bench. Nah, you ain't getting in, Rook. And, and that wasn't his, you know, he was real cool to him. He wasn't disrespectful to him, but that was just the reality of it. It's like, I'm going to play, and I'm going to play all the time and have that will to get better, and he did. And he improved his game, and he's improved his game over the course of his career. Devontae Adams, I know we didn't see him improve his game, but he did from the minute he was drafted as a second-round pick in, Fres- uh, in Green Bay out of Fresno State to where he is now. He's a superstar. Why is he a superstar? Because he works his ass off. That's what I want to see. So if Anthony Richardson's a guy that's going to be drafted by any team and go in there and put in that work to get better, I'm fine with that. That's what Jalen Hurts did. Jalen Hurts wasn't a guy that everyone thought was going to lead a team to the promised land. What did he do this year? Took him to the Super Bowl. And the thing about him, I think he's going to keep working hard to get back there. I thought that about Cam. Cam didn't get back. But I think that Jalen will. He's got, that, he's got that work ethic. He got benched in Alabama. He didn't, he didn't you know, be and moan. He didn't pout. He didn't say, give me my ball. I'm going to go home. I'm, I'm transferring him out of here. No, he stayed ready. And when Nick Saban called him because he needed him, he was there for the challenge. Then he transferred, went to Oklahoma, and ended up being a damn Heisman finalist. Then as a second-round pick and works his tail off, gets thrown into the fire, I thought, early, because Carson Wentz, you can't keep him healthy, can't keep him upright, gets thrown into the mix and never looked back, never gave the job back. He's one of those cats that, oh, don't let, you know, I say it all the time, don't let me in, give me, give me a slight opportunity, you'll never get it back. Hey, Q, can you fill in for him? Yep, job's gone. That's me. 
I'm, I'm a job taker. I think with Carson Wentz, the right the writing was on the wall. This wasn't like the by chance. You don't draft no. him in the second round if you don't think hey, we might have to get rid of Carson pretty soon. He's a second if round he pick. Up yeah, he's a second round pick, and he went in there and he's and he took the job. He went in there and didn't leave any questions. And there was still a little bit of doubt. And they said, you know what, we could develop this guy. And oh, by the way, if we put some weapons around him, he could be great. He didn't give him an opportunity to get back on the field, and that's why they had to move him. He 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 proved that he belonged, even though he wasn't playing at the level that he played this past year. He continued to get better, but. You could tell early, Demond. You could tell early. Like I could look at you and be like, "Okay, this dude is is gonna be good, or he's not." And there's certain people I've already pointed that out to, right? I can see how good you're gonna be immediately. Okay, Demond has the opportunity to be great. Okay, cool. This is awesome. Let's give him a chance. But you know, you can't you can't leave the door open for someone else that might come up hungry. It's a hungry guy will take that job. Hungry guys got to get fed, right? I mean, that's that's just the reality of it. That's that's what it is, and that's that's who Jalen is. That's who Max is. He's a hungry dude. That's what the greats are. They're always hungry, and they find ways to stay hungry. What did Michael Jordan say in the, the last dance? And it and, and it offended me. You and know, I took and, that I, and, and I took that personally. Yeah, exactly. Even if it's fake, <laughs> even if it's fake and made up, he found reasons to keep reinventing himself and keep getting better and getting better and making sure that the guys behind him stayed behind him. You have to do that. You have to find a way. Like I said, it could be fake. You could be fake outraged by something. Oh, so-and-so made me angry. You know, this person thinks they're going to take my job. They might not even be thinking about my damn job. <laughs> but you have to find ways to keep, keep that hunger, keep that burn in your belly. Everyone doesn't have it. The greats, they find ways to have it. 702-365-9200. Who we got up next? Quick. Quick. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind? Jubal, what it do, man? What up, what up? Tell him, man. I think Anthony Richardson is like a lottery ticket, man. But I don't think that, that this regime is a gambling bunch, man. I said that to you uh, the other day on Twitter about, like, when you were talking to Dave on the pod about, you know, what he thinks about the team and stuff. They just they seem like they're just willing to sit back, let it kind of come to them. I could see this being a whole smoke screen, them taking him out to dinner, uh, Dave being the first guy that he talked to right after his pro day. I could totally see that being a smoke screen. But, I, but at the same time, it's funny because – of the Devontae thing last season. I still have to kind of leave that in the back of my mind that Dave's got some tricks up his sleeve every mm-hmm. now and then, too. So it's like I'm trying to take all of that into consideration. As I mentioned to you about the pod and about that, that interview with Dave, I'm starting to believe in the regime quite a bit more. I, I've liked and I've enjoyed their approach not being one of haste like the past regimes have been. It felt like we needed to put band-aids all over the place very quickly. The Littletons of the world I, I come to mind immediately when I think about those things. And it's one of those deals where um, it's grown on me in that sense, but I still got to see it, right? You know, I yeah. think you said it a million times. I still need to see it, right? And if I'm going to pick somebody, if I could see something happen, I think we move back, we still take Tyree, and we'll be good up front for, for a while. Okay. I'll match you later. I appreciate you. I appreciate the call. Quick, there you go. And, and yeah, I, I think a lot of people, if they're willing to give this staff a chance and at least hear them out and see what they'll do, I think that, I think that you'll start to come around and start to say, you know what, I, I am willing to, to – to give these guys a chance. I do believe in them. And, you know, that's where I'm at right now. You know, I know my guy Mike, who's not a, a fan of this staff at all, hit, uh, hit us up, hit me and Vinny up on Twitter the other day and said, sounds like you guys are all the way in. And I was like, I'm all the way in. I'll give them a try. Give them an, 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 an opportunity. Because, well, one, what other option do you have? That's one. And two, giving everybody else an opportunity. Right? I mean, and look, it's, it's so funny. And I was thinking about this the other day when I was, or yesterday when I was driving back. 
you know, everyone was all excited, including myself, about, oh, Mike Mayock's the GM. Why were you excited about Mike Mayock being the GM? Like, why, why, what made everyone excited about Mike Mayock? I'll tell you why I was, but I, I'm serious. I'll throw that out there. What made everyone excited about Mayock? He was on TV. Exactly right. You knew who he was. You knew his name, and he was, he was NFL Network, and he was the draft guru. And, oh, man, he's so good at breaking down. And, look, I'm on those conference calls. I'll be on one tomorrow with Matt Miller and Jordan Reed. I'm, I love to hear that stuff. The draft is my ish, right? I love the draft. I love hearing the breakdowns. I, I love talking to those guys. So, yeah, I'm all in. So, oh, Mike Mayock's a GM? Oh, my gosh, the draft is going to be fantastic. Yeah, I, I bought it. Hook, line, and sinker. Little did I know that it didn't matter what he said anyway. He had someone that was overruling him anyway, right? I mean, okay, and, and who knows if he was making good decisions? Who knows if he was, you know, calling the right shot? I mean, after they let go of Damon Arnett, he came out and said, yeah, the red flags were there. We just thought that the reward was higher than the risk. Really? Company man. Who, regardless, regardless whose fault that was, again, I, it doesn't matter because they're all, you know, they're, they're all going to be tied together. That's why I was excited about Mayock, and anyone who is honest with themselves, is that's the same reason they were excited, because nobody knew who Mike Mayock was outside of NFL Network. No one knew that he was some great GM. He didn't. So I don't know Dave Ziegler. I don't. I'm getting to know Dave Ziegler. But I did like the approach that he took to what he did last year in the way that, just like Quick said, they brought in Devontae Adams, brought in Chandler Jones. Everyone thought he was asleep at the wheel. Nobody even knew that Dave Ziegler was awake. Right? And he... To his point, has told JT, it was funny. You know, my friends were sending me messages like, hey, this is what Raider Nation thinks of you right now. They had clown faces on. Mm-hmm. Nobody, nobody, knew, nobody knew who Dave Ziegler is. But based off the draft that he had last season, and I thought it was pretty decent for, for what he was working with, I'm like, okay, I kind of like this guy's idea. I also like the fact that he's just not willing to throw crazy money at a, a free agent, even though my dumb self probably would. Like J.C. Jackson, I would have, well, how much you want? I'd have, I'd have thrown it at him last year. And what did the Chargers get out of him? A handful of games? If that. If that. He was disciplined. There was offensive linemen that he wanted to sign last year that went over the, the money that he, wanted to, that, that he was willing to pay. He was disciplined. So at some point, you got to have a point where you're like, oh, no, I can't do it. Right? I say it all the time. I'd be a terrible free agent. I'd also be a terrible guy that has to go out and buy the groceries. Right? I'd be a terrible GM. Like Cadillac could get me any day. You know, hey, this is what the sticker says. Okay, cool, I'll buy that. No, no, but if you do this, then that, it's this much more. I'd find a way to convince myself that that's ah, not that much more. Right? I mean, that's what I would do. And that's, that's a fault of mine. I would. I would do that. I'm actually mad at Nike right now for that same reason. But that's a whole other conversation. Is this the pants? Oh, yeah, you've heard the story. <laughs> you've heard that? You don't need to repeat it. I just <laughs> have to make sure. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it is. It is the Nike pants story. <laughs> But no, I, I'll find ways, and I think most of us will, to convince ourselves that, oh, well, okay, I can, I can go with a few more dollars. It's not going to hurt. Whatever. It's not a big deal. When it really is. So I like his approach. I, I'm excited to see what he could do this year. He might go and get 12 guys that we come back the next day and was like, oh, my gosh, he hit it out the park. What a great draft. And it might not be worth the salt, for all we know. right? We just don't know until they get on the field and get on the grass and they start going out there competing. Or... Might come away from this draft and be like, oh, boy. Same old, same old. Right? You know when you see the grades? Right, exactly. The day after the yeah, draft. You'll, you'll see them the day of the draft, right? As soon as, the, as soon as the pick comes through. Well, we had them projected here. And then we'll get our initial thoughts on it. And everything that we talk about leading up to the draft will already give us an impression. Right? Like right now, in my mind, Anthony Richardson is a top 10 pick. So if he goes 
say like 10 or 15, I'm going to say, wow, that team got a steal. <laughs> you know what I mean? But maybe not. Last year, there was one quarterback taken in the first round. And that was a shocker. And that was a shocker. Even though there, the, the class wasn't one that was bragged about, like, oh, this is such a fantastic gla- draft class. But we thought, what, Malik Willis was going to have an opportunity to go in the first round? Yeah, he got invited to the room. Where, yeah, when did the Titans get him? Third. Exactly. Man. You know what I'm saying? And now look at him. When he got on the field, Titan, Tennessee could have beat KC if what? If they had a quarterback. He couldn't, they didn't even allow him to throw the ball. And when he did, he looked like a shortstop. Throwing the ball, bouncing it to the, uh, you know, bouncing it to the first base. We got a caller. <laughs> I started talking about Tennessee and the mom's like, the hell with this. All right, one more call. 702-365-9200. Who we got? Tim in Texas, my man. Tim, welcome to the show. Thanks for saving DeMond. What's on your mind? Hello, how y'all doing? We're blessed. Um, when it comes to the when it co- comes to the coaching the GM, I trust the GM. I do. I really think the GM is uh, on top of his game. When it comes to when it when it comes to McDaniel, I'm kind of back and forth when it comes to McDaniel because of uh, I mean you gotta you gotta take you gotta take what the players have said about him and stuff like that. You gotta kind of take that into effect. I know you got some saying good, and some saying bad. That's why I'm kind of back and forth with him. But I really like I really think the GM know what he's doing. But I think uh, the Raiders uh, in the first round, I think their priority should be a quarterback. I really think that their priority should be the quarterback. Now, if they can't get Richardson, or even if they like Levis, I, I think Richardson does have the biggest upside. Even though I I feel he might have to sit for a couple of years. But if I think that should be the priority. But if they can't get the quarterback that they want, then I would I would trade down and I would trade down and I would take a defensive tackle. Uh, I like the one from Pitt. I would take him over a cornerback uh, in the first round. I would I would take a that deep that push up the middle over a cornerback. And um, but uh, as far as um, as far as Jalen Carter. I'm. Uh, I, I mean, I. I'm really. I, I'm really not. I'm really not sold on him. I'm just not. I just don't think he. I, I just don't think he going he'll when he gets to the league. I think he's gonna be another. I just think he'll be another Jamarcus Russell. I'm sorry. Or Albert Hainsworth, right? A guy that got got fat and happy, right? I got. I got you. I understand, Tim. Thank you for the call. I do appreciate you. And I'll say this: what I do know about Jalen Carter is he's got a lot of he's got a lot of character issues. I'll just leave it at that. He's got a lot of character issues, uh, something that I learned while I was at the uh, the owners' meetings the past couple days in Phoenix. Like they, He definitely has a lot of issues. Uh, talking to different folks from ESPN, talking to a bunch of different NFL insiders, uh, they let me know that there's, there's some things that he's got going on. So uh, I don't know who's going to take him. I, I, I got him pegged at five to Seattle just because I think Seattle's a team that would do, would do that and take a, take a shot at him and feel like that they have the proper structure in place, and they probably do. Um, I, I don't. I don't think that the Raiders would make a move. I know there's a report that's been floating around that the Raiders are taking them off their board. I don't know if that's entirely true, but either way, I don't think that the Raiders are going to make a move for him. So, uh, as far as the quarterback goes, and, and this is the other thing, Tim. Um, I wouldn't, and this is just me. I wouldn't trade back and get a a guy in like the teens or almost twenties that is a defensive tackle over a top flight DB if the top flight DB is there. Uh, to me, that doesn't make any sense. I mean, you need the the Raiders don't have alphas. If you're gonna get a dude, and if 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 and you're talking about Kalijah Clancy, uh, Clancy from uh from uh, Pitt, if you're gonna get a dude that's gonna be you know uh, uh, one of your main keys to your your cog, you know you got to get an alpha. 
And if you can get a Gonzalez or a Witherspoon, and those dudes are, are alphas compared to Kalijah is there at, at Pitt, I would do it. I, I wouldn't just I wouldn't settle for a B if I can have an A. But that's 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 just me. 427 is the time. When we come back, we'll turn our attention to Major League Baseball opening day. Jennifer Mercedes, LaVita Baseball. She'll join us again. It's Red Nation Radio 920. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Q. 0-0 is the score right now. Top of the second between the White Sox and the defending champions, Houston Astros right now. Again, 0-0, top of the second as we turn our attention to Major League Baseball here on Radio Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. And helping us do that is Jennifer Mercedes from La Vida Baseball. You can find her on Twitter at Chica underscore Deportes. And Jennifer, thanks so much for your time again. It's great to have you back on the show. And Today's opening day in Major League Baseball, and it's funny, we just had you on talking about the World Baseball Classic, and it seemed like, man, the season, boom, just got here so quickly. So how, how exciting is just opening day for you? Oh, it's amazing. Hi, thank you guys for having me back on. Um, but yeah, it's opening day means, you know, uh, we're going to be back at the ballpark uh, once again. It, it always feels like it goes by so fast, the off season, um, and this time even more so because of the WBC uh, but yeah, it's great. It's awesome to be back. Yeah, no, it, it's exciting. And watching some baseball earlier on the TV here in the studio, we just saw Megan the Stallion throw out the first pitch, and of course, that's getting a lot of play on Twitter right now. But you were you were able to see Aaron Judge go yard at his first his first at bat of the new season. How awesome was that? Yeah, I'm like, of course he was. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can't write it any better, right? He's it's his first uh, season as a captain. He got signed, got all the money, and everyone's looking to him to do something big. And, of course, he starts off opening day with a home run. So it's great. And the, and, and the fans were all into it, of course. What was the uh, energy like at Yankee Stadium, not only for the home run, but just for opening day? Because, again, it's such a great great day in baseball. Oh, yeah, and the fans are always awesome, right? It was it was really cool to see the first the roll call, right, of, of all the players. And um, you have Anthony Volpe, who, who's the rookie, his first opening day. So that was it was great. And the vibe, obviously, the fans are into it. It's New York. It's the Bronx. They're going to be loud. Um, and they were loud. Talking right now with Jennifer Mercedes, talking all things Major League Baseball. Today is opening day. So how do you think Aaron Judge does this year? I mean, again, like you mentioned, gets the contract, gets the captain, uh, had the monumental season last year, bet on himself and won. How do you think that that translates to this year? Yeah, I think I always say, I mean, and, and if you look statistically, I think, I, mean, I don't know if there's a full stat on that, but there probably is. Um, statistically, right, when, when players are going into that signing year, they're going to have the best season of their lives. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, and I said last year that he would hit 60 home runs. Nobody believes me, and he hit 62. Uh, so <laughs> I think this year, I think he's going to have um, a great season. He's a captain. Um, I don't even think that that title will affect him in any way. Like, I don't think he's going to play any different or be any different than who he is. Uh, but I, I just, I, I am going to bet on Aaron Judge having a great season once again. Um, and I think he's, you know, he's, he's a leader for this team. So, I, I think that we will see the Yankees and Aaron Judge down the stretch in the postseason once again. I think you'll be hearing a lot of all rise <laughs> talking about. Yes. Yeah. That's and that's that's the fun. I love doing it. Every time he's at bat, that's all I all I say because I just I don't know. I get into it again. Jennifer Mercedes is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio nine twenty. Unnecessary rough. This my man Demond's got one for you. Coming into this season, there were so many talks about the changes that were going to be made in the game. You were at an actual game today. Did you notice those changes? It was it more exciting. Was there more action out there on the diamond? Um, so definitely with the pitch clock, right? We had a uh, Garrett Cole. 
called timeout at one point because he had noticed that the the pitch clock had started, and if he threw like a pitch, it would have been a strike. So he called timeout. And as I was kind of I was I was watching the the TV and I was listening to the guys talking, and and what they were saying was basically that was a way for him to just disengage in that moment. Um, you know, th- because of the pitch clock, they don't have the time that they would normally have in, uh, before these rules were set into place to just, you know, set themselves. So a lot of these players, the pitchers particularly, they're going to have to learn new ways to reset themselves and, and to disengage, whether it be calling a timeout, whether it be the catch coming to the plate, I mean, coming to, to the mound uh, for a brief moment. So those are the things that we're seeing. I mean, we there's, there's something that just happened. I saw... Um, with Pete Alonso um, and and the Mets, basically the pitcher was on the mound. Something happened. Pete Alonso didn't go back to first base uh, quickly enough, and they gave the batter an extra strike, another strike. So it was like it was an O and one, but then it went to O and two because Alonso didn't return to first base within a certain amount of time. Which I was like, what? Okay, so like this is what the rules are, right? <laughs> um, so, so it'll be interesting to see um, if any of these rules get. Uh, somewhat tweaked throughout the season, um, depending on what happens. Like I, I feel like if it really affects the outcome of a game, uh, that's when people are going to start talking and saying, "Hey, you know, we need to relook at these rules." And then when it comes to this major league season opening day, one of the most exciting days in all of baseball because everybody's OO. Every team has that hope for this could be our year. What do you think are going to be more some of the more exciting teams in the league this season? Obviously, you have the Yankees, and I have to say that um, something that not surprised me, but something that I found to be really fun was that the, the players were having fun um, when Glaber Torres had a home run, like the handshakes, all of that stuff. And it's not something that you're kind of accustomed to seeing with a team with the, like the Yankees, right? They're very old school and all that, but because you have so many young players, um, the swag and all of that—that's stuff that I like to see personally. <laughs> um, and, and regarding teams that you know that may surprise us. I think that the Orioles uh, may make it to the postseason. I think that they have a team, a solid enough team, uh, that they can do that. I think that the Seattle Mariners have a great team. I think that, um, you know, they have Cervantes, who's a great manager, and a lot of really young, good talent. And they were there last season, so I think that they're another team that will make it um, down the run. I'm interested to see, you know, what happens with the White Sox as well. You talked about you like to see the swag in baseball. Who's the coolest player in Major League Baseball? Ricky Henderson. Today. <laughs> <laughs> Ricky Henderson. <laughs> oh, gosh. I, I, there's, there's a few, right? And, I mean, Tim Anderson's one that comes to mind, first of all. Um, he's someone that has really, I think he backs up what he says. Uh, he talks to talk and walks to walk. Somebody like Stroman as well. Um, they're not afraid to walk out there and be a stud. And, and they take it. And, and then... You know, they 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 walk that walk. So I I think yeah I think um I mean you got Jazz Chisholm as well. That's my uh, guy. <laughs> yeah, Jazz. That's all he was waiting for. That's all he wanted to hear. Jazz. He just wanted some validation. <laughs> He's on the cover of the yeah. show, man. <laughs> I love the young guys, and I love that they are making baseball fun. Um, not again. They're making baseball fun because I think that. Uh, you know, there was a time when it's like, oh no, you got to play by the rules. Uh, I don't know who made up those you know, ridiculous rules about not being able to celebrate. Um, but it's fun. That's what I like to see. I know you guys do, too. I mean, what is what is a sport if you cannot celebrate your wins? 
Oh no, yeah, you're you're supposed to have fun. That's why I mean that's part of the reason why Ricky Henderson is still my favorite uh, baseball player of all time. Actually, one of my favorite athletes of all time, just because uh, the swag that he brought to the game, and then he played it at a high level as a Hall of Famer now. So yeah, I mean that's that's always great. But you're right, the unwritten rules in baseball sometimes get a little ridiculous. Yes. <laughs> so a little ridiculous. Jennifer Mercedes is our guest here. We're talking all things Major League Baseball. So we're here in Vegas. There's a lot of Dodger fans. Uh, LA is obviously not very far away from us. Uh, what are your expectations for the Dodgers. Of course, they're the rich. The rich get richer all the time. They have a lot of great players. Uh, what do you think they do this season? I think they make it to the postseason once again. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's the Dodgers. It's almost like they can't lose when then if they do lose, uh, then you you know you've got to make some changes. But I do think that the Dodgers make it once again. They they have a solid team. Uh, so. For any Dodger fan out there, I don't think they have anything to, to stress about. I would only say the only people who have to stress is non-Astros fans because I think the Astros are going to make it again. I wouldn't be surprised if they won the World Series again. Yeah, so, no, I, would, I wouldn't either. How, how's, uh, not surprised, but uh, how, do you think they'll be okay in, until they can get Altuve back? Oh, I think they'll be fine. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I think that, um, I mean, while Altuve is a, a really big piece and important piece of the team, I do think that they'll be fine. I mean, they, they've got guys that can hit, that can play, and that can pitch. Really, they've got a great roster. When it comes to the Mets, that NLE, the NLS East is going to be stacked this year. Uh, Do you think that they can even make the postseason? Because <laughs> they spend all the money in payroll. We know about how much they're spending on payroll. But what happened last year? Ask them what happened last year. <laughs> exactly. So, but they spent, they doubled down and spent even more money this year. Mm-hmm. Do you think the Mets even make the playoffs? Oh God! I, I, yes, I would assume so, right? Like, if you look at the numbers and if you look on paper, everything looks great. But it's, it's like the curse of the Mets. I don't know who they need to call to get rid of this curse. Um, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know the like. I don't know really, honestly, because it's like every year, right? You start off good, and and there's this hype, and then it's come September, and everything falls apart. And I mean, they already started off with some woes. It's uh, Verlander is on the on the IL. Um, so that's not good. You already don't have um, their closer with Edwin Diaz, but again, it is a mess. And I do, and you, you're right. You know they have deep pockets over there. So my hope is that yes, that they make it to the postseason and hopefully World Series. Uh, I, I um, when people ask me, oh, who do you root for? I, I say I'm a New Yorker. So I grew up a Yankees fan. But when I started covering baseball. Um, the Mets always hold a special place in my heart because they were the team that allowed me to to really do my job. So I hope that the Mets uh, do make it to a postseason. Yeah, and with Justin Verlander, I mean, I was shocked when I saw that news. Of course, they were a big. He was a big acquisition that they got this offseason from the uh, Houston Astros. Uh, how how big of a of an injury is that, and how long do you expect to see him out, or have they given a timetable yet? Uh, um, I have not seen the timetable yet. They okay. said it was minor, um, but it's his pitching shoulder. And anytime I hear shoulder and strain, um, I get worried. I mean, just because, like, I myself, who am not an athlete, tore my rotator cuff, cuff while sleeping. So <laughs> the fact that, it, you know, a major league pitcher has a type of strain on his pitching shoulder um to me, I would be worried, right? I, I, I don't know. And, and he's obviously of a certain age. Um, youth is always uh, something, is a virtue, and it's always something that helps you when you do get injuries. Uh, so I hope that it's nothing big, honestly. But we'll see. 
yeah, he's a he's a hell of a pitcher, and they they really could use him. And uh, had a great season yeah. last year, and then all of a sudden Atlanta came up and just kind of swept them up from behind. I mean, that's just kind of what happens. That that race is going to be good though. The Braves and the Mets. I'm excited about that. But oh, Jilly Sue, the who the Phillies? Yeah, okay. Anyway, oh. <laughs> the Vegas kid, Bryce Harper. I, whatever, I get hey, it. They I, made they made the postseason fun. They they, they did. They fun. they made a nice little turnaround last year as well. After uh, their coach got fired and their interim came in and did a hell of a job. So yeah, you're right. The Phillies, I'll throw them in there. But Jennifer, I got to go back to this. I don't want to let you know small nuggets slide by me. I got to ask, how did you tear your rot- rotator cuff while you were sleeping? <laughs> I was. <laughs> I was in the DR, I was exhausted, and I fell asleep, and it was one of those nights where, like, I literally didn't move, so I slept on, the, and I, I'm a side sleeper, and I slept on my shoulder, and when I woke up in the morning, I was like, oh my God, what is this pain, and it was just like a, a huge amount of pain in my arm and my shoulder, and when I got back here, I went and got an x-ray, and yeah, I tore my rotator cuff. You know what? It's funny. Like, it sounds like I'm making fun of you, but I'm a side sleeper as well, and I always have shoulder pain. So I'm going to tell the wife when I get home, be like, man, maybe I tore my rotator cuff while I'll sleep. Maybe that's it. Man. The soreness does not go away because I I left it, I let it go for a while because I'm like, oh, maybe I'm just sore. Right. And I was working out at the time. And no, yeah, I tore the rotator cuff (laughs) and I needed surgery. So. Wow! Uh, see, I'm just gonna have to tough it out. I, I ain't gonna get no surgery, but man, I mean that that might that might be a real thing. Like you know, I, boy, oh boy, let that story get out, right? Q, how'd you tear your rotator cuff? Right, I was sleep. <laughs> Unbelievable! That would be a rough deal right there. Well, Jennifer, before we let you go, and this is great, we definitely appreciate you uh, joining us on the show to talk a little Major League Baseball. We'll have to do this a few times throughout the course of the season. Is there any team that's out there that I know we kind of talked about it already, but a sleeper team? that you think, you know what, that's a team you better watch out for? Ooh, I mean, I don't know. Like I said, I, I do think the White Sox are going to be interesting. I, like I said, the Mariners uh, and the Orioles. The Orioles, I think, would be nice um, to see, you know, fight uh, in, in their division. So it'll be it'll be fun. This, I, I hope this season is as fun as uh, the, the WBC uh, yeah. was, right? I, I think that there's a different vibe. To the guys, especially those that participated in WBC, they know what it is to have fun um, and really enjoy and appreciate uh, certain moments. So I think that they're going to. I think the guys that took, that played in WBC are going to take a lot of that and apply it to to the game. Um, so it should be a great season. I hope for it. What are your thoughts on the Padres, especially when they get Fernando Tatis back? You think they could be oh, that team yeah. that make that run? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think San Diego has a, a great roster, great lineup, uh, and they definitely are a team to, to watch out for. Uh, I mean, they made it fun last year. I don't see why they couldn't do the same uh, for this season. And especially, like you said, with that, um, with Fernando Tatis coming back, you have Soto, uh, you have Manny Machado, you have a veteran in Nelson Cruz, um, my guy Nelson Cruz. Uh, He's been playing forever, and- hasn't he? What is he Nelson like? Was he like fifty now? I mean, it feels like Nelson Cruz. I mean, I remember two thousand and eleven when the ball went over his head when he was a Ranger. He's still playing. He's still playing at a high Nelson level. Is, yes, Nelson is still playing. Nelson is still playing at a high level. If you follow him on social media throughout the offseason, the man works and he does not uh, take a day off. Uh, and I mean, you know, to speak to to what Nelson does in the offseason, there's players that go and work out with him. Um, somebody like Luis Arraiz is. 
feels like um, he always says, you know, he, he owes a lot of his uh, current success to to working out with Nelson out in the Dominican. So, I mean, he has no days off in the off season, uh, And Nelson, I'm so hoping that he has an amazing season so that he can uh, shut some mouths uh, and show that, you know, the old the old guys, they can still get things done. Right. <laughs> me because I called him an old guy, but <laughs> 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 he's, he's 40 plus. Right. <laughs> in baseball years, that's dog years. Yeah, exactly. Exactly right. Well, Jennifer, great stuff as always. We definitely appreciate you. Uh, what are you working on or where, where can we catch you at next? Of course, you're on Twitter at Chica underscore Deportes. But what are you working on that we should be on the lookout for? Yeah, follow me at La Chica Deportes on, on Instagram, TikTok, uh, and La Vida Baseball. And, you know, just covering the season and, and hopefully some new projects coming up soon. All right. Well, thanks so much for your insight. We definitely appreciate you. Enjoy uh, opening day and, of course, the rest of the regular season as well. Awesome. Thank you, guys. All right. Thank you. There she goes. Jennifer Mercedes. Great job. Uh, La Vida Baseball at Chica underscore Deportes on Twitter. And yeah, man, Nelson Cruz, he has been around forever. I'm on Spotrack right now. He signed his first contract. Guess the year. Oh, man. I could tell you it was. Oh, man. I think it was 1990 something, right? 98. Yeah. There you wow. Go. <laughs> 98. That's incredible. Nelson Cruz has been around forever. I remember, I still remember 2011, the World Series, and Ranger fans will fight you. They'll they'll fight you on. They will. Oh, Ranger fans and Tim in Texas. I don't know who he's a fan of. I know he stays out in East Texas. I don't know who he's a baseball fan of, or if he even likes baseball. But uh, they'll say it's either uh, Nelly, uh, no Nelly Cruz, and who was pitching. Uh, I forget who was pitching in that World Series, but they served up a fat a fat pitch, and it gets hit over Nelly Cruz's head. Nelly, all he has to do is reach up and catch the ball, but he didn't. He, he didn't make the catch. He was a terrible outfielder, uh, at least at the time. He was really bad. And they go on and play another game, and the Rangers lose, and it was all bad. I, t- I can't remember who it was, though. It was against the Cardinals. It's a really good uh, World Series. I'm trying to remember, though. But that pitcher was never the same either. Dang it. Either way, R- Ranger fi- fans will fight you. On whose fault it was. So there's a group of Ranger fans that think it was Nelly Cruz's fault, and the other uh, group of of uh, Ranger fans will tell you that it was the pitcher's fault. But I think it was Nelly Cruz's fault. All he had to do was catch the ball. I'm trying to remember that damn pitcher's name. Dang it, I can't remember. Maybe I'll find it in the break. 4:49 is the time. We'll come back. Close out the show. It's Rare Nation Radio 9:20. It's unnecessary roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. Neftali Felice was the. Name I was looking for, that pitcher that served up a nice little ball. But Nelly Cruz, Damon, you saw the you saw the play now. You know it's a bad play when you just punch in Nelly Cruz or Nelson Cruz in YouTube and also the first thing that comes up says miss miss catch in game six of the World Series. Like that popped up immediately. I said this and I know that us as the fans, we should never say stuff like this because oh, I'd love to see you try. I think I could have made that catch. <laughs> <laughs> I always blamed it on Nelly Cruz, but a lot of people blamed it on uh, Neftali Feliz. My guy, Zach Burke, big Ranger fan. He was so angry, so mad at Neftali Feliz. Why would you throw him a pitch like that? Why, why did you just make the play? That's all I ever asked. Just, hey, you know what? Let the guy get the ball in play, and the guys behind you make the play. Nelly Cruz, all he had to do was make a play and didn't. Uh, they ended up losing game six of the World Series, and it was over after that. And then they played the Giants the next year, and it was funny. My mom, big Giants fan, she was in Texas, and, of course, the, R- the Rangers are, are Texas' team. We went out to a sports bar uh, that was right around the corner from the radio station. My mom's pumping her chest up about Giants, Giants, Giants. Giants beat the brakes out of them. Beat the brakes. And my mom's in the bar. Woo! 
Giants, let's go, Giants. She's How did they take it in Texas? That means they lost two years back to back. Yes. Yeah, they did. They ain't never they ain't never won. When they win. But I mean to get there back to back and lose, that's 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 some hurt for the fan yeah, base right yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, it is. They were the Buffalo Bills of baseball. <laughs> but yeah, Moss was pretty happy about that. But uh yeah, they lost that man and they ain't had that winning mentality since. That was the last time they were even really good. Now I think they won today opening day against the Phillies. Uh, so maybe they got some hope in uh, in in Arlington, but H uh, Town is up right now at zero zero, bottom of the third. Um, yeah, we'll see how these new rules go when it comes to baseball. But uh, there are no, there's no show tomorrow for us. Of course, the morning tailgate will be here. You'll be back here in the morning with Vinny and Heidi, uh, seven a.m. to ten a.m. And then of course JT the Brick from noon to about one forty-five and make way for Aviators baseball. We'll be back on Monday. It's Radio Nation Radio nine twenty.